It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Sponsored by our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, here's your host, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Members, friends, and players, good afternoon and welcome to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun, and I'll be here entertaining you on this Friday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. You know, this afternoon, we got a really special guest with us. He's a world-class player who currently calls the PGA Tour home, part of a young wave of great talents on tour. For them, being in their 20s, traveling week to week is living life in the fast lane. She was terminally pretty She held him up And he held up for ransom You know, folks You can listen anywhere at 920thejersey.com You just hit that listen now button And, uh Good afternoon, Friday afternoon there Mr. Wade Weiser on the board For our song of the week here By the Eagles Yes A good rock song For a great guest we have this afternoon So here we Turn it up Let's do it Yep, let's hit it No better way to kick off a Friday than with the song of the week, Life in the Fast Lane by the Eagles. And I was thinking about that, Wade, because we have this fantastic guest this afternoon named Adam Shank. And Adam is uh, living life in the fast lane out on the PGA Tour. And he just played four weeks out on tour and he's taken a week off. So he had a little time for us here and the fans of Springdale Golf Live. And we've got him on online right now. So, hey, Adam, welcome to Springdale Golf Live. How are you today, bud? I'm doing great. How about yourself? And thanks for having me on. Oh man, we're we're doing fantastic here here in the studio. It's um, you know, it, it's pretty good weather for October here in New Jersey and um, you know, we're we're just we're just doing our thing that we do every Friday afternoon and and one of the things I'm excited about is we get to talk to you today, PGA Tour player coming off of 4 weeks on tour. How's your start to the season been? No, it's been uh it's been good. It's been a little slow, but um it always takes a second for for me to get you know, back in the swing of things and tournament competition after taking, you know, two or three or four weeks off. Um, that's one thing I really try to get better at, just being more tournament ready when I do take a little time off. But missed uh, two cuts, and uh, my last cut I made was at Shriners, and I finished 18th, and I made the cut at Sanderson and finished 36th, I think it was. So nothing to write home about, but um, definitely getting back in the swing of things. And, and last week was definitely a step in the right direction and an off week this week, and then looking forward to two events. Um, in Asia. Well, I think, you know, obviously uh, being out on tour, it's very difficult to keep your card and you guys play at such a high level. And, you know, one of those things that is witness to that is that you did miss two cuts, but each cut you only missed by one shot. I mean, you were, you were right there. So it seems like your game is in pretty good order to kind of keep you know, climbing forward and uh, playing better and better. Now, you took this week off, and there's been a lot of talk in my world about the new PGA Tour schedule, how, you know, it ended one week, we skipped a week, and then we're right back at it. How do you kind of take it through for my listeners? Because it's all new to them, this new schedule. How do you kind of develop your plan for the season? How, how do you think about, oh, I'm not going to go to Houston, but then when are you coming back? How do you put all that together with your team? Uh, that's a great question. And with Houston, you know, if I played well and made the cut, which, you know, I'd like to think I would. Um, but if I did, then we wouldn't be able to leave until very late Sunday night or Monday morning. And we wouldn't get into um, into South Korea until 
um, Tuesday evening, very late Wednesday morning, so that I'd have a day to, you know, prepare and try and play the course. I'm sure there's some sort of proem going on, so I might not even have had access to the course. And then trying to adjust after, you know, 20 hours of travel, so it wasn't a great recipe for success. So I just figured we'd take Houston off and then and then go over. We're leaving tomorrow, actually, and we'll travel. I think 22 hours, and then we'll play two weeks and then and head back, and then I'll have another two weeks off and then play. Um, Mayco, Mexico, and Sea Island, and then we'll shut it down for, for a month and a half for Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving Christmas break, as I call it. Now, what's the talk amongst you guys out there on tour about this extended fall season? I mean, everything comes down to, and, and you had a very nice season here, I guess you'd call it 2018, 2019, or if we called it just the 19 season. You were 71 in FedEx Cup points. You made it to the Northern Trusts. So you made it in the playoffs. Um, what, what sounds to me like a pretty successful season, right? What are you guys talking about when it comes to these to these fall run? How, are, are you trying to get a lot of points? Are you going to try to play as much as you can? Is that the goal exactly and I, i'm gonna play eight events i believe this fall and it's, it's nice you do get off to a hot start and you know i mean the goal will be to win um lock up your card in those eight events or you know earn enough points just to make it a little easier on yourself in the spring where you know maybe you don't have to play four out of five weeks you can you know play a couple weeks and take a week off i've i've been a player that's usually played more than not and um you know with, with the new um longer wraparound season, the extended schedule in the fall, you know, there's obviously a very short off season and, you know, they're just trying to, they ended our season before the football schedule started back up um, based on um, the hopeful ratings that they were trying to get. And I have not seen the, the ratings, but I mean, just, you know, trying to compete with, you know, football because um, I guess, you know, they take seven months off of football season. And then, you know, by the time it's, you know, ready for football season, everybody's ready to watch football you know, all day Saturday, all day um, Sunday, including myself. Um, but, you know, with the PGA uh, Tour, we have, you know, tournaments basically all year besides the three-week offseason and the Thanksgiving and Christmas break. Um, you know, I don't know that it makes sense just to, you know, cancel three months' worth of tournaments. You know, how which ones would you pick to cancel um, just to create an offseason? But, like, you know, the Greenbrier, Sanderson, Safeway, Shriners, they, these tournaments obviously are creating value or else um, PGA wouldn't have them. Um, and I guess the bottom line is if you don't, if you want more of an off season, you don't have to play these events. So you know, that's always an option that a lot of guys do do take. Well, you know what I, I think. I think it's all really coming together well. You know, Jay Monahan and his team down there at the PGA Tour. Um, the amount of content that they're able to put out. There, there's a ton of quality out there on the PGA Tour, as witnessed by you know. And I mentioned it in the opening. There's this great young talent out there like yourself. I mean, on any given week, I know you could win. You know, just looking at the way that you play and your statistics on tour. We had 14 or 15 first-time winners on last year's wraparound season. So I mean, amongst all of you guys. You must get pretty jazzed up every week, you know, just to compete because, you know, the putts start dropping and, and who knows what could happen, right? I mean, you had a Monday qualifier win last year, and um, for for everyone, that's just got to be a, a lot of incentive to go out and, and do your thing. And speaking of incentive, and folks, you, you know, you're here listening to Adam Shank. He's a PGA Tour player out there playing his best right now on the PGA Tour and uh, taking a little week off before he travels east to uh, some more tour events. The PGA Tour season's coming your way. You obviously set goals for the season. Do you mind sharing with us a couple of those goals about what your playing goals are? Absolutely. So some of the bigger goals, and then obviously you know, break it down into how am I going to achieve this goal into a plan from day to day and week to week. But 
you know, I started off, um, you know, I wanted to make all the cuts. So that's already out after the first tournament of the season, unfortunately. Um, but a secondary goal of that was if I do miss a cut, not to miss another one in a row. And um, another one I had was not to go more than three tournaments without a top 25 finish. Um, so I snuck in and, and well, I guess I, I missed that goal as well. So I, I did it on the fourth tournament. But going forward, you know, that's a goal I can, you know, somewhat restart um, because I do, you know, we play, I guess, three or four more events this um, fall. And then especially starting up next year, it's not necessarily a new season, but um, it will be after a month and a half off. So it will feel more like a new season than, than the wraparound season did. And then um, I always work on, and this is, you know, my sports psychologist, uh, Dr. Rob Bell out of Indianapolis, he helped me with this one a little bit, but, you know, if you can figure out a way to hit 70% of fairways, greens, and have your scrambling percentage 70%, you know, you're probably going to have a pretty successful season on the PJ Tour. And um, so those are three goals that I'm really trying to work hard on this year and last year. Um, a little off the golf course working, you know, working out four times a week and um, spending 80% of my practice 125 yards and in. So those are those are just a few of the of broader ones, and um, you know, obviously breaking it down more from there. How do I actually achieve that goal? But those are the um, larger overarching goals. Well, I tell you, I, I really appreciate you sharing that with us because for my fans, who a uh, large majority are golfers, and we're always here talking about the pop culture of golf every Friday afternoon here on Fox Sports nine twenty, and. He, I think that when they hear someone as good as you are at golf have those types of primary and then secondary goals behind that, I think it helps them as well kind of put together a successful plan for their own playing season, whether it's at the club and you know if they want to win the club championship or the types of events that they're playing in. It's, it's really interesting to me how you break everything down in, in kind of like spurts, like you're doing them at two weeks or three weeks at a time or you didn't want to miss a cut two, we- two weeks in a row. Um, I really like that methodology. And did, did someone in particular, maybe it was Dr. Rob Bell, but it, is anyone else along the way, do you ever talk with goals with other players? Like, how, how, do, you, how do you develop your goals? How do you come up with this? Well, there's just, just some things I've come up with from college. From We've all had to make a schedule of how we were, well, what goals we wanted to have and then how we we're going to achieve them. And then you see some of the PGA Tour players. Justin Thomas comes to mind of him releasing his goals and how he did at the end of the season. I think maybe Xander Shoffley did the same thing and, and JT Poston. Um, so, you know, if I would like one of their goals, then, then I would, um, you know, definitely, I guess in a way, just, you know, steal that and make it my goal. But I feel like a lot of us out there do have the same goals. Um, you know, I would love to, you know, play. I saw JT Poston maybe said play in the last group, um, you know, three times in a year or two times in a year. So, you know, that's, um, that would def- definitely be one of mine as well. And if I can, you know, like I said, hit the, the 70% across the board with fairways, greens, and scrambling, then I'd probably have a pretty good chance to do that this year. That, that's pretty, you know, uh, you know, to, to the, like the naive golf fan, they would just say, well, I just want to win a tournament. And you, as you well know, you can't just go win one. You know, you have to put yourself in position to do that. You talk about your 70% rule. But I, I love that one by J.T. Poston where he says, I just want to play in the final group 
which would then you know put you in a position to win, obviously. But that's just such a great player's mentality right there versus the fans' mentality, which is like you know like oh just go do it because it's easy, right? And you know you almost sure. have to kind of laugh sometimes about you know what a fan's goal would be versus what your goals are, you know. And I, I trust me, I mean when I look at your progression between you know when you were in col- playing college golf there at Purdue and then you know Latin American Tour and then Web.com, which is now the Corn Ferry, and then right up to the PGA Tour. It's such a logical progression. But, you know, take me back to the beginning, right? Why golf for you? I mean, you're obviously a very good athlete, right? You probably could have chose a lot of sports. Why did you get started in golf? So my dad, very avid golfer. My grandpa, very avid. They were good golfers and uh, uncle as well and grew up on a uh, sod and um, normal grain farm where we had uh, sods we had were... um, fescue bluegrass and zoysia and we had an eight acre zoysia field outside our house so dad knocked me down a sand wedge and i guess from seven or eight years old i just you know kind of hit that around the farm and then would slowly go out to the course with with those three and you know just just developed a, a love for the game and and really enjoyed it and i guess you know it was somewhat talented at first and you know was able to get the ball in the air fairly shortly and was fairly successful and i did play other sports baseball and basketball growing up and was probably a little better at those and enjoyed them a little more but as I started to grow up I didn't develop as fast as the other kids and you know was slower and couldn't jump and and couldn't run for long periods of time let alone fast so golf was kind of more of my direction that I went and um, you know from from high school about sophomore year on I stopped playing basketball and you know started to focus on you know maybe playing it in college. Wow getting away from basketball in Indiana right? You know that must have that must have been right. a little bit of a uh, um, a transition there. You know, being the uh, the famous Hoosier state. But um, all right, so you become an elite player and you're a Division One college athlete, and then all the way up to the PGA Tour. That progression, there had to be a mentor. Is there someone along the way that kind of was you know grabbed you at a pivot moment in your career, and then they kind of really helped you and got you? Because there's a lot of Division One golfers out there, but there's not a lot of PGA Tour players. How did you continue your growth as a player and not plateau that's a great question and and kind of the way i look at it now and even when i tell um you know talk to other people high school students or it doesn't matter middle school students or you know college students you know you can just get a little bit better every year doesn't necessarily matter you know necessarily how much some years you're going to improve more than others but if you can just try and get a little better every year then by the time you know it's it's time for you to, to be successful maybe turn professional be a senior in college you know you should have a pretty decent chance of, of being there. And I worked with a, a gentleman, uh, Nick Bianco, in Indianapolis through college on short game and, and some full swing, and he really, you know, kind of really molded me and, and really got me to develop and, and to be able to paint my own picture because I, I did have a little different swing, and I still do. But, you know, he, he was explaining to me, you know, you can, you can swing any way you want to. You can, you know, you can produce a similar result every time. We just need to develop your short game a little more and, and – keep doing things the way you're doing don't change just because you see someone else doing something um, a little different than you they may not be better it's just different but he really helped me see that and then uh, my senior year Rob Bradley came in and, and he really helped me a few um, ways with my swing and, and wedges as well and, and then I kind of took off um, from there for my senior year and, and I did a half a semester after my senior year to finish up my degree and that's when I really started improving and, and um really knew I could do it for for a living then. 
Well, there's no doubt that you continue to improve, but uh, in order for me to improve, I'm going to have to listen to the words of my producer right across from me here, which means it's time for a quick break. So, Adam uh, Shank, PGA Tour player, hold tight for about 60 seconds. We'll be right back. Folks, it's 3.15 p.m. here in Princeton. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Be back in a moment. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the NJPA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming under the guidance of PGA professionals so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. To support the NJGF or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org. That's njgolffoundation.org. Rich in distinguished history for nearly 125 years, Springdale Golf Club and its members have been beautifully making their mark as the best golf and social experience in our region. Our impact in the industry does not stop there. Did you know about the benefits that extend beyond the boundaries of the club through its agreement with Troon Purvey, the private club operating division of Troon Golf Management? Springdale's walkable and superbly conditioned William Flynn design course, now combined with Troon's operational expertise, are taking the club to the next level in our commitments to the member experience. Just announced as a significant expansion to the Troon Purvey Privileges Program. This Vanguard service initiative includes enhanced golf and lifestyle benefits that extend far beyond the fairways. For more information about our club and all the incredible moments being made at Springdale Golf Club and through Troon Purvey, please take a visit of our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. And, uh, you know, while I have this little uh, opening guitar riff right here, um, I'm going to do, you know, a big shout out to my sponsors who are here week in and week out to take care of me. That's the New Jersey Golf Foundation with their three pillars. That's that golf in schools, PGA Hope, and special needs. Certainly, I want to thank Summit Golf Brands and their lines of B-Dratty, Fairway and Green, Zero Restriction, EP New York, my man at FH Wadsworth. You know what? And I got to give a big, big congratulatory shout out to Jason Barry, my director of instruction, who is also the coach of the Ryder University men's golf team. They won a tournament this past weekend. And, you know, I'm always telling him, I say, Jason, can't you see, can't you see what hard work has done for me? Turn it up, Wade. And as always, with tremendous aplomb on the board, Mr. Wade Weiser, my producer, the sound man extraordinaire. Can't thank you enough for all you do week in and week out, Wade. But uh, you know what? We're going to get back to our main man here, Adam Shank, PGA Tour player. And uh, Adam, how am I doing on the song of the week? You like a little rock and roll? Yeah, from time to time, I can I can get down with that. It's good. I like it. All right, man. You know, I we, I always try to take a little guess and do a little research on my guests, and I and I think that uh, you know I thought that maybe a little country rock, a little guitar riffs, a little Eagles, a little Marshall Tucker band uh, would go a long way with you. So I, I hope we did a good job. 
You, you killed it. I like it. All right, man. Very good. Very good. Well, let's get back into this. Now, I want to have some fun. And, and one of the things we're always doing on this show, and I mentioned it earlier, is we're always talking about the pop culture of golf. And as we mentioned earlier, the PGA Tour has done a lot of um, evolving in the last two to three years. So I want to have some fun with you as a tour player and being in the midst of the week in, week out um, toil that you're going through, you know, working and playing and grinding and scoring. Um, if you were Jay Monahan, if you were the commissioner for a day, right? How do you think things are going? Do you like the way things are going? Do you like the new wraparound season? Or being, you know, the one that's in the midst, the man in the arena, is there something you might change? I, I do like the wraparound season. It gives, um, you know, guys that are newer like myself and, and some of the guys come off the web.com, it gives them a chance to, to get into more tournaments and establish themselves. And, you know, the top players aren't going to play as much in the fall, which is fine, and, and they're aware of that. But I think it's good, and, and the season of championships that they have now where they have, you know, the players and, and starting off and then a major, um, you know, they have something every month it seems like for, for five or six months, I guess, with the Tour Championship uh, concluding at Eastlake. Um, you know, it, it, I like that instead of, uh, you know, it just seems like there's always something to look forward to. It might be two or three weeks out, and then you have a major, and then you have another, you know, three or four weeks to, to get ready for the next one. And I think they're, they've done a, an awesome job with that. And I think, um, you know, the tour championship, the way they, they uh, um, had the players down the stretch speaks for itself. But uh, there's one thing that I could change. I would, uh, I would make the cut um, top 70 in ties again. I know they changed it to the you know top 65, um, the Latin America tour is 55 and, and the players are still very good down there. And then you come up to the, the web.com players are even better there and they're you know t65 and then you know the pga always was just a little different and added five more players which which i thought was you know perfect it was different it was just five more players um you know arguably the best tour in the world the european tour is is awesome as well i think they're t65 i'm not 100 percent on that but i'm guessing they were trying to get um guaranteed um twosomes on the weekend which i they have so far i think the new cut rules come into effect um three out of the first four tournaments, but you know, it's, it's, uh, unfortunately it's cost me twice. So maybe that's why I'm a little more bitter about it, but, um, you know, with the best players in the world and sometimes it's a 120 field or 156 field, but you know, it's nice if you do, you know, finish T68 and you miss the cut now, but you know, back in years past, you'd have a chance to go shoot, you know, five or 10 under on the weekend and, and move up and you could easily finish inside the top, um, 10, 20, or, or possibly even win. that's happened, um, a couple of times. So, that's what I wish they would um, would move back. I, I get that they're trying to speed up play, but um, you know maybe there's other ways to reduce um, you know the amount of time um, rather than just reducing the amount of players. But I would have to have further discussions um, with them and find out what their whole strategy was. But that's that's one that's the one thing I would do. You know what? That's that's interesting. I mean, I think that's a really thoughtful answer to that question because uh, you know when I when I came up with that question in my mind, I was like, I wonder where he's going to go with this. And th- and there's a million places you could go: scheduling, um, you know, sponsorships, all these different things. And you go right there to allowing us as fans to have more players to compete for victory over the weekend, which is the way that I view what you just said. So I I get it that maybe you're you know you're kind of um, you know judging 
judging yourself and saying, well, like maybe I'm saying that because you know I missed the cut by one shot in two events so far this year. But I, I really think that if you look at what you're saying, you're allowing us to have more entertainment, and golf is the entertainment business. I mean, as a, I'm a PGA professional, I work, I'm a club pro, and then I do this um, on Friday afternoons. But I, I view myself as being in the entertainment business when I'm at the club and entertaining my members and making sure they're having fun playing golf. And you know, I, I really like your answer to that question. So you know what we, we every once in a while we make a call down to um, Sawgrass and the PGA Tour offices. So when we call down there, we'll, we'll talk to them about that. I promise. All right, sound good? Perfect. Yeah, and, and I and I you know if you're a fan watching, it doesn't necessarily matter if you're watching two people play or three people play. And and one thing that you'll notice a lot of times, especially I feel like it happens a lot in Napa and a lot at um, Shriner sometimes, and just how much easier the golf course plays in the the morning rather than the afternoon and my point being is if it's top 70 and there's a bunch of players that make the cut say you know 80 or something or 85 whatever it is you're going to play threesomes and you're going to go off two tees so that way everybody goes off between nine and eleven you don't have some guys teeing off at seven o'clock and some guys teeing off at two um if you go back and look at some of the scores that the leaders or the last couple of groups shot in napa i mean it was astronomical compared to the the morning groups and even early um very early morning groups and even um, later morning groups. So it's golf's backwards. You know, you play really good golf and you're, you know, leading the golf tournament and you get to go off last on the weekend, um, which it always plays easier in the morning 90% of the time. So it's, uh, it's interesting how that works. You play good and you're, you know, not necessarily rewarded. You're, you're teeing off last and you play the bumpiest greens, the firmest course. And that doesn't, that's not always the case. Um, but if I was a leader, um, if I was leading the golf tournament by a shot or three shots or, you know, tie, it doesn't necessarily matter. I would love to have split tees and threesomes because then you're teeing off earlier and everybody's teeing off around the same times, which just, it just levels the playing field a little more. Well, I tell you now, okay. Well, folks, here we're talking to Adam Shank, and he's out there on the PGA Tour competing week in and week out. And now we're getting to something. I think we're uh, this question is good because you're you're giving me some really good answers right here. I I love this. How you know coming? I've thought about it a lot. I mean, well, you're the man in the <laughs> arena, you know. So I, by a hundred percent, I'm so happy that I asked that question because now, like, I mean, we're getting the goods from a PGA Tour player, which is very very interesting. And you know, one of the things that is of great interest to my fans of the show and we do this week in and week out and uh, I want you to keep an open mind but we do a little rapid fire Q&A and we have some fun with our guests because the, the number one thing on social media that my fans love is they love to get to know you as a person and not just as this PGA Tour player so you game for a couple quick questions here absolutely all right here we go who's a better boiler maker Neil Armstrong or John Wooden Neil Armstrong do you have any pets uh, what kind of pet? We have a two-year-old golden retriever named Bunker. Oh, awesome! The best thing in the world. Oh man, I'm a dog guy. I'm a, a lab retriever guy. The dogs are the best. All right. On a scale of one to ten, rate your ping pong ability. Pretty good, nine. All right. First thing you did after winning the 2017 Lincoln Land Charity Championship. I had a couple beers. All right. Better NBA shooter, Larry Bird, Reggie Miller, or Steph Curry? Steph Curry. Ooh. Ooh, better than Larry Bird. Hmm. All right. I Big, just never got to watch a ton of Larry Bird. I know he's awesome. I just just I just go with uh with Steph. Well, I mean, isn't your yeah, hometown isn't your hometown relatively close to French Lick? 
yeah, probably 40, 40 miles. All right. Well, all. We, well, we won't we won't repeat that answer then. Okay, here we go. Biggest pet peeve Perfect. about hotels? When the hot tub doesn't work and they have one. <laughs> all right. Would you rather eat pizza or hamburger? If I'm in town in Vincent's, pizza. If not, hamburger. All right. If you could be in one movie, what would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Well, one of my favorite movies, The Greatest Showman. I, I would love to be in that movie. All right. Adult beverage. All right. I, I like that. It's a great movie. Great choice. Adult beverage, clear or colored? Clear. When you hear the words professional athlete, who is the first person that comes to mind? LeBron James. Great answer. All right. Hey, you know what, Adam Shank? You have been fantastic today. I can't thank you enough for coming on Springdale Golf Live and letting my fans get to know you a little better. We wish you the very best out on tour. Is there a way we can follow you? Um, do you have an Instagram account or social media? Yes, I do. Instagram, um, I believe it's AC Shank one and then um, um, same thing as uh, on Twitter as well. All right, well, I know, I know my fans will be following you and will be rooting for you for sure. Adam, thank you so much for your time today on Springdale Golf Live. All the best to you, and uh, make some birdies, my, my man, all right? I would love to. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate it. All right, take care now. There you go, Wade, man. How about that guy? Awesome. I love the inside stuff. Uh, from, the, like you said, from the guys that are in the arena on the, on, on the course doing it. Yeah, man, the man in the arena knows. He definitely knows, and it's just so special to hear those guys talk. And you know, that, I mean, that's that's my job is to dig in and try to get you know the good juicy um, information. And uh, he was giving it out, man. That was just a great interview, fantastic. And uh, oh, here we go. I call it, you know what I call that? I call it the Doug Gottlieb theme song because that's where we're going, <laughs> right? Less. All right. Well, uh, very thanks. To, thanks very much to uh, Wade Weiser, of course, the Springdale Board of Governors back there at the club, Troon Golf Management, and most importantly, my listeners. Keep Keep listening. Keep following me on social media at KJPGA. You know what, folks? I'm heading to Springdale, but where are you headed? And let the tower be your guide. So from Princeton to Purdue, and of course, everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale day. This has been Springdale Golf Live with Keith Stewart. Keith returns to the team next Friday afternoon at 3 on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey.